God did not owe us anything. There is nothing in the universe that could compel or force God to do this. Nor was there any agreement signed anywhere telling God, you must die for the human race. Who could make the almighty God of the universe do what he did? There is nothing or none higher than the Lord. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. We'll be talking today about what God did through Jesus Christ. It is extremely important to understand the incredible work done by the Holy Trinity and the cost involved. There's a big difference between understanding something intellectually and being able to get something to the point that it becomes real to you. It is true that our finite abilities may never allow us to truly appreciate the magnitude of what was done, but our faith should help us get closer at least to trying to imagine the value, the sacrifice, and most importantly, the immeasurable love and grace bestowed through Jesus Christ. Today's message is based on the book of Hebrews, chapter two, verses nine through 18. Let us listen to what God's word has to say about this. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy. Blessed be your name, O Lord, forever and ever, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that you please forgive my sins. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you may remember us in your mercy and in your grace. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for the salvation, for the wonderful work that you have done through your son, Jesus Christ, because he is the one that has made everything possible for us. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you may please speak to us. Help us to understand, help us to listen, O Lord. Help us to appreciate what you have done. And to you be all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our key scripture passage today is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verses 9 through 18. This is the word of the Lord. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again... Here I am I and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. As we introduced before, there is a big difference between understanding something intellectually or academically versus comprehending something to the point 
that it becomes real to you. This very first point reminds me of a conversation I had with, a, with an older gentleman a few weeks ago. Like many people do nowadays, we started talking about the different things involved with the, the pandemic and its impacts. He started by saying, you know, John, I really didn't take this pandemic seriously at the beginning. He said, I remember seeing it on the news and reading about it, but I didn't pay much attention. And quite frankly, I thought of it like if it was just some rumor or over-exaggerated event, almost like a joke, really. He kept on telling me, I really didn't take it seriously until I started seeing people I knew and cared about being affected by it. Then it started becoming real to me. I finally started taking it seriously and even became afraid of it when there were people very close to me that had started getting violently ill. Then he said, I became so fearful that I even abandoned certain jobs because I was afraid for my life since I had some health conditions to worry about. And since it felt like I was being surrounded by this dreadful pandemic, I have to confess, it took those events to help me realize that this was not a joke and that if I didn't take the necessary precautions that it could affect me irreversibly, it ultimately became real to me. The story reflects what people sometimes are like when exposed to the truth of the gospel, to who God is and what Jesus Christ endured for us all. But if many of us say that we believe in God, in Jesus Christ, then it should behoove us to aim to comprehend what actually took place. Such events that took place should never go unnoticed because then the greatest injustice would be committed, the sin of it not appreciating ultimately what God has done for all mankind. One of the first things we must understand is the reality that the Lord took on the form of a man. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 to 8 tells us this, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Why is this of such importance? And the answer is that we need to consider just who was and is Jesus. We need to remember who this Jesus is, who we can understand the very miracle that took place, that God himself, the Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth became like us. John chapter one, verse one to three says this about Jesus. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. The word, the very vehicle, if you will, through which God made all things became flesh and blood. Colossians chapter one, verse 16 and 17 tells us more about him where it says, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And then he is before all things, and in him all things consist. This is the being that took on our humble form. The great I am took on our likeness. And 1 Kings chapter 19 tells us about the power of this almighty God, that just the mere passing of his presence made the elements shake and be consumed. For it is written, and there he went into a cave, speaking of the prophet Elijah, and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. 
Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Are you starting to understand what actually happened when this magnificent and wondrous being that we know as God, the same one that presented himself before Elijah, took on the form of a servant? I know that it is truly difficult to imagine, but that is what happened. There was such an incredible contrast between both of his manifestations, between him being the Lord of hosts and then becoming this simple person, so to speak, that was born to a young virgin called Mary and then being known as this man from Nazareth. This very incredible contrast between both was what made it too difficult for the Jews to believe. How can this Jesus have been the Lord of hosts? How can he have been the Son of God? But just like he says, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. He can do anything. Now, why become a man? Why take on our human form? According to the Bible, for many reasons, and of course, all in our favor, which makes what he did that much more meaningful. But before we get into the whys, we should understand God did not owe us anything. There is nothing in the universe that could compel or force God to do this. Nor was there any agreement signed anywhere telling God, you must die for the human race. Who could make the almighty God of the universe do what he did? There is nothing or none higher than the Lord. There is no court or judge for him. He is the judge of the universe. And so we need to understand that even within the structure he has created, the order of things, he had two options. He could have done what he did or he could have started over. As the master of all things, he has the authority to do away with anything without violating the order of what was established. Here is where we see his grace at its best. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 carries incredible meaning where it explains this concept. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. This is one of the deepest verses in the Bible that explains this grace, this unmerited favor that God bestows on man, which is one of the most abused concepts in Christianity today. People try to use this grace as a license to sin, as an avenue to take away any and all responsibility that the Bible teaches we do have. Many people try to convert this amazing and wonderful thing God has for us into some sort of a magical eraser that attempts to blot out or cancel many of the parts of the Bible, which, my friends, is nothing more than the work of Satan. Satan is the only one that comes except to steal and to kill and to destroy. When a person attempts to do away with other parts of the Holy Scriptures, they're giving in to the most profound and devastating influence Satan could ever cause because a person is doing away with parts of the person of God himself. We always need to remember that from Genesis to Revelation, that is the entire counsel of God. But not only that, it is God himself because he is the word. And we should understand that God cannot be cut up or canceled or erased. So no matter how much someone tries to manipulate this divine grace, they are not impacting God, but rather they are impacting themselves and their chance at eternity, their own salvation and redemption. 
Revelations chapter 22 says the following, For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. In these two verses, God seals not just the book of Revelation, but the entire Bible. Here's where we understand that nothing else can be added to the Bible and, of course, nothing can be changed or taken away from the Bible. That is how precise we must keep the Holy Scriptures, not just from adding or taking away literally, but also in attempting to add or take away things through teaching that are in the Bible. The entire Bible is a complete counsel of God and it all works together perfectly from its first verse to the very last from in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. This book starts with the person of God and ends with the person of God. So let's make sure we don't misunderstand or try to manipulate this divine grace we do find through the person of Jesus Christ. So coming back to the why God took on our form. The primary reason for that is, is because the Bible explains that the remission of sins can only occur through blood. For Jesus said, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is said for many for the remission of sins. And Hebrews chapter 9 teaches us the following. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. But this blood that needed to be shed for remission of sins could not just be any kind of blood. The blood of animals could not do it, no matter how unblemished and clean they were. It needed to be divine blood, a sacrifice that only God himself could make. This is where we understand that Jesus needed to be 100% God and 100% man where the spiritual and the physical being came together, all of the powers and virtues of God with all of the physical ties, if you will, to our physical world. God in his divine form could not bleed. He needed to take on a human form so that his divine blood with all of its divine characteristics could wash away the entire human race from start to finish and for all eternity because he is the beginning and the end and the eternal one. God needed to die for his creation in order to save his creation. That is the first reason for why he needed to be like us. The second main reason is so he could experience and understand us in our own form. Even though God is God and he knows all things, he took the step to become like us where we see the culmination of his grace. This is what we read a little earlier where it says, therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. And Hebrews chapter four says the following, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God gave us a perfect high priest through Jesus Christ, where he not only understands us, 
but can sympathize with our weaknesses. And not only that, but who is able to overcome. So the Lord understands us and can help us overcome the weaknesses of our flesh. We could explain many other aspects, but these are overwhelming facts that can help us start to understand the magnitude, or as the Lord himself puts it, the height, the depth, the length, and the width of his love, grace, and mercy, which should compel us to not only search for him, but to learn how to love him above all things, because he is above all things. In 1 John chapter 4, it says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him, and this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I don't know of anything else greater that could ever exist that could surpass what God has done for us. There is no money or power or human relationship that could ever be more valuable or show anything greater than the work of God through Jesus Christ. When you truly understand and comprehend what God has done for you through the Lord, you will not only have the desire to give your life over to him, but the desire to follow him and give him the entire priority of your life to love him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and with all of your strength, which is the fulfillment of everything that is written in the Bible. God created man so that man could love him out of their own free will as much as he loves man. It is truly impossible for us to understand everything God has done for us because we're just very limited people. And our main limitation is sin. Sin is what clouds our judgment, our understanding. And that's the main reason for letting go of sin so that we can understand reality as clearly as possible for our own good and for the good of others. That's why even though we may not understand things fully, we need to rely on faith, on believing in the Lord, and believing that what He tells us to do is for our own good. He has not only told us about His love, but He shows us His love all of the time. Every time the sun rises and sets, every time we see the stars and the sky, every time we breathe and our hearts beat. And He showed us His love through His greatest work, which was sending His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could have eternal life. This is what the Bible continues to tell us in John chapter 15. It says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. God's will is to change our fallen state from being his enemies if we don't belong to him, to not only becoming his sons and daughters or servants, but to becoming his friends. And the way we become his friends is by giving our lives over to him, leaving sin behind and doing whatever he tells us to do through his word. That's how we can become God's friends. I don't know of any greater relationship that can be had than this. This is how it became easy for others in the past to just leave everything when they understood who this God was and what he intended to do with them. From Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Moses to David to Daniel and of course to the apostles and everyone else that has followed after that has understood the reality of who God is and what he has done for them. 
I urge you to seek to have this friendship with God through Jesus Christ in response to everything he has done for you. God loves you and he wants you to experience his love personally and forever. Let us pray. Lord, I praise you and I worship you because truly you are a loving and gracious God. Heavenly Father, creation within itself shows us that we owe you everything. Heavenly Father, but now even understanding what you did through your son, Jesus Christ, and how God himself gave his life so that we could live. And that there was nothing to force him to do it. There was nothing to force you, Heavenly Father, to do it. But you all did it because of love, because of mercy, because you saw us in our fallen and, and broken state. Heavenly Father, I simply just don't have the words except to say thank you. Help us, O oh Lord, to be able to love you above all things because of what you have done for us. Help us, O oh Lord, not to take it for granted, but Lord God, to see it for what it is. The greatest thing that anyone could have ever done for anyone. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you. Help us, O oh Lord, never to lose sight of what you have done for us and to learn to love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. We would love to help. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.